In the next hour, we want to put a smile on your face, elevate your endorphins, and bring you happiness. Welcome to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. We spend so much of our lives chasing happiness, it might just be where you least expect it to be. Natalie and her guests are going to show you how and where to find it. And now, your host, Natalie Botros. Welcome, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. Welcome to my show, Say Yes, Be Happy, where each week I talk with a different guest and we find we take a different subject of our lives and we find the happy, the positive and the silver lining of it. You know that I always tell you that you have to surround yourself with happiness, with positive energies and like get rid of all those like negative and detoxing, you know, like dark clouds. Well, I thought I should bring you someone who can help you to reorganize your home as well as get rid of all those like negative bad energies and surround yourself with harmony and peace and love (laughs) and positivity again. So let me talk to you about my guest who is a Feng Shui master and founder of the School of Intention Feng Shui Certification Program. In the last 15 years, she has pioneered her own approach to Feng Shui that is rooted in infinite possibility, creativity, and empowerment. Rather than hope for lucky results and outcomes, she helps her clients to create them every day. She's a Stanford-educated art historian with more than a decade of experience in design. Feng Shui, yet her approach to space is simple. Starting where you are, using what you have, you can create more of your dream home and dream life every day. Please welcome Dana Kodat. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. (laughs) Welcome to the show. I'm like very excited to have you. So we know that Feng Shui, everybody hears about Feng Shui, but nobody really know what is it like whenever, like, actually, when I was like talking about the show, I was saying, the show is going to be about Feng Shui. They're like, wait a second. That's like where you put your stuff on the right space at home. And then like, you're happy, you know? So tell us a little bit, what is Feng Shui? So in a nutshell, Feng Shui actually means wind water. It has to do with balance, harmony, and optimization. But uh, in my mind, Feng Shui is an art and science uh, in greater degree science these days, because it's being studied more, environment is being studied more of creating optimal spaces for you specifically to thrive. So in the way that I work, it's about not just following all these things that you hear, purple goes here, pink goes here, but what's going to make you specifically thrive? And that's what's very important to me. Okay. So how did you start? I mean, like how everything started? How did you decide to be a Feng Shui master? I didn't. Life decided (laughs) for me. I had no intention of doing this whatsoever. I was working in the arts. I was doing lots of things to do with galleries, uh, working with artists, just immersed in all sorts of creative pursuits. I got really burned out, really, really sick, wound up in the hospital and then came home. And it took me six months to recover from this huge autoimmune thing that happened. And I looked around and I was like, this is not a home. Like I work around all of this creativity and all this art and all of this stuff. I don't even have things on the walls. I didn't even unpack. Like it was just mind blowing to me what I saw. And I was like, I can't get better like this. So I started researching, learning little bits about feng shui. And because I, part of what made me so burned out was actually 
wellness. I was working really, really hard to optimize my life. And so I was doing extreme things, extreme personal development, extreme meditation, extreme anything I could find. And I didn't want to hire someone to feng shui my home because I didn't want to give my power away to another person. So I found a very basic, really good looking Western feng shui method. And I was like, I'll just become an expert. I have nothing else to do now, but get better. So I just figured I'd use it when I went back to working in galleries and doing all of this stuff with my clients. I thought it would just sort of be like on the side, like a skill I had. And I had no idea that it would, as I started applying it, applying it with a personal edge to myself, breaking away the rules, getting rid of the dogma, really using it in empowering ways. My whole life just took off and it took me in a totally different direction than I least expected. Wow. So what is like the difference between the feng shui, the modern feng shui that you do and the the traditional one? So I always say like, I don't, I didn't throw away feng shui. I actually very, very deeply honor all of the core principles of feng shui. Things like being deeply connected to your space, being deeply connected to the land, being very much in harmony. We hear about yin and yang, the balance, the symbol, uh, very much about the five elements. I work with all of these tools in very, very deep ways. What people don't necessarily know is that as feng shui evolved, it started out as something quite simple, but it was different people's belief systems that got mixed into it. For instance, you hear about numbers and directions, like those are all different belief systems that got mixed into these core tools over time. So in essence, I feel like I've stripped away things to go back to basics a lot more and have a perspective of a person living in the modern world. Back when you were doing feng shui thousands of years ago, you didn't have certain things to deal with. You didn't have modern building problems and and different toxins and EMFs. And those things didn't exist. They didn't even exist necessarily like 40 years ago. So there's all sorts of new ways to look at space and new awareness also of energies and clutter. Like people didn't have tons of clutter. People were lucky if they had food, like it was a whole different universe. So I'd say all the the things added are all things that are creatively inspiring, all things that are galvanizing, a lot of things based on science, which I'm really, really keen on, any studies that have been done, and helping people literally to, as I said, optimize for themselves. Like, I don't believe that you're a template and that it's just, oh, this is the money area. We put purple and then this is pink and then this is this because you're not a template. And if that worked just like that, everyone would be rich and everyone would have everything. It requires a collaboration and engagement. So I always say, I don't feng shui for you. And I tell this to my students all the time, you're feng shui with people. You're helping guide them into their best alignment because that's what it's all about. You are the bon vivant. Like it's all about living well, knowing what's for you and really indulging in that in your style, your way. And so I think that's really the point of differentiation, but I always want to be clear. I still work with all the feng shui tools and maybe more stripped down than how they've evolved in different directions. Yeah. So you just updated a little bit to our century, to our 
kind of living. As you said, like in the past, we didn't have all this clutter. Now we think that buying things are going to bring us happiness, which actually bring us like <laughs> lack of space. Yes. <laughs> so let's say someone who has never done feng shui, what is the first step? I mean, like they come to you and what do you do? The first thing. One of the first things I always say to clients and my students, if they're watching this now, it's what do you want? And what do you want? Like people, oftentimes that's like one of the biggest things that the questions that can't be answered. Uh, it's And I, I understand because a lot of times we're creating goals here. I don't know if you can resonate with this or anyone listening in our minds, we're creating lots of goals, things that we're told we should be doing, things that we te- were told would be good for us, things that uh, we've been conditioned to believe that this is the path that we're on. And so a lot of times we have things here, but somehow in the space of these consultations, when I say, what do you want? And it's, we're going to actually bring it to life in your home. You need to have clarity on what you want because you can't really bring it to life in your home or in your life if you don't really know, right? It's like yes. kind of haphazard. So coming from a place of knowing what you want I say in a full body way, in a really full body, not just in your mind way, is this key component to really being able to start this work, to be able to start to design your life when you think about designing your life. And oftentimes I'll see people default back to, well, let me think about this. And I'm like, let's not think about it. Let's feel right it. Away. Like you can <laughs> like, you can have it. Like I I think this like mind stuff is quite a trap. And I mean, I'm as guilty of it as anyone else. And so I'm always really reaching for that feeling clarity. And a lot of what we do in a space is about how it feels. And you can push yourself to feel different ways. And I think that's a lot of these sort of old school motivational strategies, push yourself, push yourself, like rev yourself up, like charge yourself up. And that's, it's not necessarily real enthusiasm. It's just kind of like crazy frenetic energy. Whereas if you're really passionate about something, I don't think you have to rev yourself up. I think you naturally lean into it and you build momentum very naturally. And that's what I'm interested in, helping people to get to that feeling place and really feel it in their space everywhere that they go. So like, for example, they tell you, I want to sleep. <laughs> I want to be less stressed, happy, money. Let, let's talk like a few examples specifically, yes. you know, like yes. sleep. I think it's like your bedroom should be your sanctuary. So absolutely. How can you feng shui your, your bedroom? So a few things in a bedroom that I think often they're known, but they get skipped. Uh, One thing, as you said, sanctuary, it's sound and light. And a lot of times there's a lack of softness to dissolve sound. So it's, we have all these ambient sounds. If you live in a city, if you live in the country, you're awesome, but you still have sounds outside sometimes, but this sense of more softness to absorb some of that echoey energy that comes in. So softer blankets, softer bedding, uh, rugs on the floor. A lot of times people don't have anything grounding in their space, but the biggest thing, blackout curtains, I could just recommend day in and day out. Again, this is a very basic thing, but blackout curtains are 
epic, epic, just everything. Thank you. (laughs) You just, I don't know the difference between sleep with and without blackout curtains. People say, but it's already dark outside. Why do I need blackout curtains? Trust me, it will change your whole universe. And a lot of times people don't want blackout curtains because they don't want their bedroom to be so dark during the day. And I'm just like, open them, like open them, you know, get sheer curtains to put in the middle of them and open them. And, uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, You can always add, you can do two blackout curtain panels and then put sheer curtains in the middle and, or put them on two different poles that you hang up and you can open them during the day and have either your windows open or have a sheer panel, but it's, so life-changing, inexpensive, and it will definitively help you to sleep better. Another thing for bedrooms that I think is so important is that idea of all these waves. Uh, Technology, you can't shut off your neighbor's Wi-Fi, all of these things. So doing everything you can to minimize that for yourself is going to make a really big difference. Uh, Phone, as an alarm is like the most common thing. How many of you listening use your phone as an alarm? It's like, you know, the infinite numbers of phones as alarms. And it's a trap because the minute you touch your phone in the morning, this is the first thing you see in the morning. One of the things about feng shui and your environment is knowing what you see is what you focus on. So you're getting this information all day long. Now, if the first thing I see is my phone, and I pick it up, I hold it in my hands. Now I'm already setting a pattern for the day, grabbing my phone, grabbing well, my we phone. We all do that. I sleep phone. with my phone. <laughs> yeah. And there you and there you have it. So again, a simple thing, get an alarm <coughs> clock, get a basic, I don't care if it runs on batteries, alarm clock, like get an old school alarm clock and get your phone as far away, if you live in a studio across the room, like hidden in a drawer, you don't want to touch it when you first wake up because otherwise you're in that, that you're already starting this pattern. What you see when you wake up in the morning sets the tone for the day. So you want to wake up to something that's really going to be inspiring to you, whether it's Uh, a candle that you light on your nightstand, or it's a journal that you grab or anything else. And if there are things you do using your phone, let's just say you listen to a meditation or something like that, do it like 15 minutes after you wake up, like really Mm -hmm. give yourself time to not have this be the, the pattern of the day of lifting the phone to your face, because it is highly addictive. I mean, the studies about this now are astronomical of course. and it's a very, very hard addiction to break. It's probably harder than most things. So that's a really big one and pay attention to what you see. So when you wake up in the morning, notice, what do I see? Okay. I see a dresser that's cluttered or I see, uh, you know, I see something else like a blank wall, or I don't like the way things are here curate something extraordinary that you see when you wake up, like really set it up so that you're getting a sense that everything is working out for you, that you're getting a sense that things are amazing, that you're really waking up to inspiration. I find it so unbelievable that so many of us are like, no, I just want to stay in bed. That's its own issue, not sleeping enough, but beyond not sleeping enough. Sometimes it's literally, there's nothing exciting to see. So it's like the same thing every day. And I suggest switching things up from time to time 
again, to keep that momentum going. So things don't have to just stay locked in place once you put them up on the walls or set them up on a dresser Um, and then declutter because that's like you said, all those messages, all that energy, you don't want it all to kind of build up in your space. It's of course. And the TV as well, I guess, like no TV in the bedroom. No, (laughs) That's my biggest fight with my boyfriend is like, I know like the TV, it's like, that like disturbs me. <laughs> well, I could say it's one thing to have a TV in a bedroom, have it on, just don't sleep with it on. If you have to negotiate that with someone sleeping with it on is like literally being brainwashed every day. You're in a sleep state. You're very suggestible. Uh, lots of people do hypnosis while they're in a sleep state. Why would you want to hypnotize yourself with like whatever is coming through the TV? Yeah. So, but I mean, like on the phone, if like you're expecting a message from a loved one, isn't that a good thing to check first thing to see that good morning <laughs> or we have to wait still for 15 minutes? You still minutes. have time for you. I mean, again, <laughs> it's like one of those things where in your mind, you could be like, good morning. You don't have to necessarily send the message yet. It's giving, I'm a really big believer in giving yourself all the time you need to prepare energetically for the day because- yeah. Ultimately, nothing's good or bad, but we need to be filled up so that we can give more love to all those loved ones. No, that's true. So um, do we have to place the bad like in a particular spot or like this is old feng shui? I mean, like this is not old feng shui, but, (laughs) you know. Bed placement is definitely there's dependent on several things. The one thing I tell people across the board is don't be afraid of different directions to sleep. Try. Follow how you feel, like really try out different things if it doesn't feel right. My favorite place to put a bed always is across from the entrance door, but not right in front of it. If your bed is right in front of your entrance door on that opposite wall, then it feels like sometimes you're walking through the door and you're just falling on top of your bed. So if you can (laughs) move it, over just a bit. So it's not directly aligned with the entrance door. And that's a really powerful place for your bed to be. The key here is that you feel stable, solid, and, um, it is a feeling thing because it doesn't always depend on which wall. So allow yourself to try things out without fear. Wow. Okay. So we're going to take our first break. Uh, We're talking with Dana Kodat about Feng Shui. And when we come back, we will continue with the rest of our questions. See you just after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all yet are missing the most important thing to be happy? The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at thebond-vivantgirl.com and click Happiness Course. Whatever your budget, Natalie the Happiness Fairy has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. 
Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at the bond-vivantgirl.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at the bond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. I'm talking with Dana Kodat about modern Feng Shui. And just before the break, we talked about optimizing the sleep in your bedroom and what you should do, what you should add, and what you should get rid of in your bedroom, like your phone. <laughs> so during the break, I had, a, I had two questions. One of them was if we can use Feng Shui to ease back pain. And you were, uh, and then I was telling me that it cannot apply to the body, but right. I feel like you can support your wellness in so many ways in your home. Like, why do you have back pain? Is it an injury? Is it stress? Like you can de-stress your home. You can support yourself, but I don't ever purport to be a healer in a physical way. I feel like that's someone else's job. Like I'm a, I'm a space healer, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And so the other question is like the biggest question mirrors in the bedroom. It's, are you pro con? Like what is is good? Is bad? (laughs) So some people mirrors are too energizing for them. And so if you have a hard time sleeping, if your bedroom feels really, if it's chaotic, if there's a lot going on, your mirror mirrors have a lot of energy and they're going to double whatever they see. And so if a mirror, feels, if it feels like you're not, you're too anxious, hyped up, cover your mirror, like on your dresser or take it off the wall and just see how it feels. And notice if you sleep differently, that might be affecting you because it is a lot of energy. It's something that's consistently doubling everything it sees. But I love mirrors in bedrooms. I literally have an entire wall. That's this big antique, um, mirror facing my bed. And since, because it was a part of this house and it's such an old house, I wasn't going to rip it out because it's like original. And at first I was like, I wonder how this is going to affect me. And then within two days, I was like, I am never going back. This is the best feeling. It's been the best in every way for my life. And I tell this to people constantly, I know you can hear things are bad or wrong, but I wouldn't take those value judgments on in any regard, whether it's for your anything, really follow like what is affecting you. So rather than going, oh, gee, mirrors in the bedroom, got to cancel those out, explore it because you could be missing out on something that brings you the energy that you're looking for. Yeah. And it's true. And so what about uh, someone is asking about the plants in the bedroom? Do you think it's a good thing? So Here's the the pro and con of plants. Let's say you're living in a place that's surrounded by electronics. Maybe you're in a city, you have like densely populated, lots of Wi-Fi. Uh, You're very electronically sensitive. Having some plants around you in your bedroom 
could actually be very stabilizing because you have all those waves coming in. And yes, there are lots of things to do for EMF, but plants are really powerful symbols of nature. It can help you to really feel that grounding calm. So in that case, having a plant or two is not going to be, I love things like African violets, things with lots of love symbolism, um, peace lilies, things like this. They grow well in dark, darker spaces um, where you just get some filtered light. All those things can work. They're not canceled out, but in general, Like when I see like sort of like the bedroom that's a plant jungle, I always ask myself, I wonder how well these people sleep. I wonder if they really relax because plants are active and meant to be like constantly going, like they're always metabolizing and it's a restful room to be in your bedroom. You really want to have that yin, like, ah, like everything's kind of slowing down. So it can be too active, too much energy for you. So Again, there are times and places where I think it works really, really well, and you can make it awesome. Like, for instance, African violets are symbols of wealth and marriage and uh, ancient symbols of so many beautiful things, passion, love, money. Uh, It's kind of like the planet Venus. For those of you who are into astrology, African violets are like the planet of Venus with lots of money and beauty and all of these things. And so, yeah, it could be wonderful to have two African violets on your nightstands if you need them, but you don't need that extra energy necessarily. So feel it out. Okay. So, and then like, for example, for me, I made my bedroom like a very peaceful place. You know, I even put like little butterflies on the wall. So I feel like happier when I'm in bed, but there are like sometimes where I feel that for a period of time, I stop sleeping. Do you think that on those cases, do I have to like change something or like it's like linked to something else or I shouldn't touch, you know, what worked in the past? Well, I mean, it's always what's triggering it. Like, where is that coming from? That what you're bringing into your bedroom might be energy from the whole day. It's usually not just, oh, the space stopped working. Okay. So I would just look more comprehensively like, do I have a lot more on my plate? Am I not taking enough breaks? Like, did I get overwound up? Like what's going on yeah. in my life as well? Yeah. Because like, sometimes I'm like, is it because I opened the windows? I mean, I live in, in the city in New York and there's like too much dust and New York, you know, like all this dirt in it. And then like, that's why I cannot sleep. I think about that. So I, I try to light a candle a little bit, you know, like to, to get out of this, but you know, I always wondered like, if it's like, there's, I should change something because like, I love the space that I created. Well, the energy, you just really touched on it. We haven't talked about energy clearing, but yeah. energy is one of those invisible things that we feel, but we don't see. And so it can be easy to skip it. And you, when you feel it, you start feeling weird and you're like, I didn't change anything around me. Uh, so if anyone feels that heaviness or suddenly you feel like you can't sleep or anything else, you might want to do more of an energy clearing. Lighting candles with intention can be really great. Cleaning your house can be energy clearing in itself. Like just removing the dust, removing all the excess, like can really make a difference. You can also look at ways that you can 
chill things out energetically. So it might be using, I personally really like doing things like burning bay leaves from the spice rack. They're very calming in many cultures, they're space clearing and they're cheap. You just have a bunch of them in your spice rack. You just pull a few out, burn them in your bedroom or anywhere else over a little ashtray. You have to keep relighting them sometimes, but they work really well. Uh, Another thing that I really like to do is a little bit of salt. Like you can put out, as long as you don't have cats that could get into the salt bowls, you can put out bowls of salt, like sea salt in your bedroom or anywhere around your house and leave them for a few days and let them absorb any of that extra energy. So where do yeah. yeah. Where do you put them at the corners of the bedroom or like, like, you know, at the corners, like under the sun, like hidden? How do you do that? Uh, I don't necessarily hide them. I just have <laughs> little bowls and I tip, I typically just use those little bowls for that. I just have a bunch of little bowls, not expensive. I got these little wooden bowls recently, like maybe a few years ago at Trader Joe's that I've now adopted as my bowls <laughs> that I use for this. And I'll put one on my desk. Sometimes I'll put some, just, it doesn't have to be in one specific spot where you feel that like, for instance, if you can't sleep, maybe on your nightstands or maybe on your dresser and whatever, whatever you have around you, you don't have to put it directly in the corners. It's much more important, the intention with which you're setting it, where you're saying, I'm ready to transform all of this. Just imagine it almost like sucking things out of the air. It's really a symbolic act of saying, I'm ready to just have this stuff get absorbed out of my life and transformed. And once you have it there for a few days and you feel a shift, then you could take all that salt, just dump it all in the trash bin and take the trash out. So you don't have all that sitting in your trash. Literally take the negative energy out. Out. (laughs) It's like, I love that. So you said burning uh, bay leaf sage as well, I guess, and candles, but some candles, like we cannot just burn any candle. Some candles are very toxic. Yes, so is there are. like any specific candle that we should look for? Um, there are, there's a whole spectrum of toxicity when it comes to candles and you can decide how feverish you want to be about it. If you're a frequent candle user, it's a really good topic to talk about. You should absolutely pay attention to the kind of wax that you're burning, uh, get into more soy, more coconut, more beeswax is I think the ultimate, but it's also more difficult because of bees and everything else. And so uh, you want to make sure you have a clean base for your candle, but it's the fragrances and the wicks that can also have lead in them. They can have all sorts of uh, hormone disrupting chemicals, phthalates, things like this. So pay attention to what it is that you're buying. Make sure that it's, you know, people will say natural fragrances can still be fake fragrances. You want to really pay attention to not the hype and the marketing, but what claims can they make does not contain and, you know, does not contain lead, does not contain uh, petrochemicals, like uh, gas type things. Many candles are literally made from gasoline, like made from No, no, you're right. It's like, so we have to be very careful with that. And so what about colors? Like, do we have to follow a trend of color pastels or like light colors? Or if we feel like we can put reds in our bedroom? (laughs) So, I mean, in your bedroom, you can, you really have license to do what's going to thrill you. But again, I always keep in mind, even when my clients 
even when I'm really feeling like, oh, I want these dark red sheets, uh, even when I'm really attracted to something, I always keep in mind, okay, I'm attracted to this right now, but I'm probably not going to want to have this every single day. So I always keep in mind, like, what's going to be the overall balance? You might have colored sheets that you rotate out, like for a few nights, you want red sheets and you feel that heat and like you feel all that energy but then just take them off and put on more neutral sheets when, you know what I mean? You don't have to be stuck with all the things. Uh, I'm really big fan of having bedding, everything that feels, it's like the feeling of it more than the color, but be aware that if it's too bright and you're having trouble, either you're running too hot, maybe sweating at night, feeling too, um, too amped up, can't sleep for whatever reason, good time to think about dialing back the color a little bit, maybe adding a neutral blanket, things like this, so that it just takes it down a notch because color is energy. That's the thing that it's not about prescribing a color because we all need different colors to balance us. That's literally color therapy. All color is energy of different frequencies. And this is not even like woo woo stuff. This is studied. It's why people use infrared rays for skincare and wound care and blue light for different things and laser beams. There's actual power in color and healing power in color. And this is not disputed and it's very well studied. So I would first start, I've always been told by color therapists, start with what you're attracted to and then start looking deeper into how you want to feel. And you might find that you're attracted to something in a moment because you need something like you're tired. You want to wear a red dress, or I wanted to wear orange this morning. Cause I felt like it was like, yay, it's early in the morning and I'm going online, but I, um, probably wouldn't have picked this in the middle of the day. It's just how I, I will, I will like change my clothes to have different colors on me. And I really like people to explore that for themselves because then you can start being more intentional and deliberate about color around you. Yeah. And um, talking about color, like when we start chatting, you were saying money and color purple. So, so if we want money, everybody wants money. <laughs> They <laughs> think that it's going to bring like happiness. I mean, it doesn't bring you happiness, but it helps <laughs> in some moments. So if you want to get money, if, if your client tells you, you know, what you're looking for cash, <laughs> what do you say? What do we do? Why? Like, not why do you want the money, but what's the whole matrix around it? Everyone wants to expand in different ways. You can win the lottery. That's great. You have money. But what is that money going to serve? What are you looking to create? Because money is a secondary enforcer. Money is not, we don't sit and crave dollar bills or cryptocurrency. Like there's very few people who fantasize about a whole, uh, you know, a whole, bank account with a certain number in it or whatever it is. Yeah. Mostly we're fantasizing about that lifestyle, the bone vivant lifestyle, like all the things that we want to do. We want to be able to go on these vacations, go do these things, have no worries, buy whatever we want. You see yourself wearing certain clothes or going wherever it is or helping people in ways you want to help people. That to me is the most important thing to start with. What are you doing with this money? Mm-hmm. having, if you're just like, Oh gee, I want money. That's so vague. Again, that's one of those intellectual constructs. That's like a mental thing. And you can't really act upon that because it's just dollars. <laughs> so yeah. it's, 
it's just, it's an arbitrary system that we've all made up. And now with cryptocurrency, now it's like blowing people's minds because there's a new way to look at money. And yet it's all still just energy. And I know you can roll your eyes at that, but most important to know what is that money going to do? What's that money going to go and create for you? What is that going to look like and feel like and sense? And then you can start going, okay, there are some things that I really want to do. I really want to start traveling. Now we can start going, okay, let's look at this and how to bring it into your home. Where do you want to go? What are those places? What are those things you want to experience every day? What are the spas you want to visit? Then you can start bringing those elements and colors and life force to a space much more specifically than if it's just gee, I want more money. And then someone will say, put purple in a corner. And I'm like, that doesn't really mean anything. Like, that's <laughs> just like saying, I want more money. Because you notice, like you said, people say this all the time. I want more money. I want more, you know, I want a bigger bank account. I want to win the lottery. But it's like, and then what? Yeah. No, it's true. You're right. So we have to define why we need the money for, for vacation, for buying goodies you know or like for for ourselves or to live or to eat yeah so and then you, you after the break we're going to take our second break after the break i want you to tell us where's the money corner because like we have sure. to give some some yeah. tips to our listeners and i'm sure they will love to hear about that so we will be, we'll be back just after the break and learn from dana the money corner to get everything you want see you after Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all, yet are missing the most important thing, to be happy? The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at thebond-vivantgirl.com and click Happiness Course. Whatever your budget, Natalie, the happiness fairy, has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at the bond-vivantgirl.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. I'm talking with Dana about Feng Shui. And just before the break, we talked about 
money. And then in your apartment, there is a money corner. Once you decide why you want money, you know, like not just like dollars raining from the sky. So where is the money corner? <laughs> so, okay. First let's say, all, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's say, let's put the example that I want money to go on vacation or to go and see my family. So classically speaking, the money corner is when you walk in the entrance door to your home, the far left, the farthest across your floor plan to the left is money. So go to the left, to the far left, as far as you can go. And imagine, you know, that part of your floor plan, that is money. Now, it's also self-empowerment. It's also all kinds of wealth. But what I said before, uh, before the break, uh, what I was saying during the break is money is part of every aspect of your home. So I do uh, a money program and I also do these free money videos that are running right now. And you can go through like the money corner and you can enhance the money corner for sure, wherever that is in your house. For instance, you can make sure that it's clean and clear. Like you said, making room for things to arrive. You can absolutely shine some light in this area. If it's a dark corner, you want to have it illuminated. You don't want it to just go dark. I have a lamp there and I will either turn it on or open windows during the day just to make sure it's like not in darkness, that I'm not in darkness in that area because it can go dark. Uh, and also how you really feel that sense of richness, right? Like you want to have that, whatever's going to really imprint a sense of richness for you. Caring for things, taking pride in things is much more important than oh, I got like a money crystal. If that doesn't mean anything to you, the care and the pride that you take in your space is going to go the distance. Uh, so I would shy away from too many things that are supposed to be like uh, buy this to bring wealth into your life and really focus on the energies you're giving out into the world. Uh, yeah. So that's that money corner, the far left. But so what I said Huh? Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. So the far left. So when you enter from the entrance door, the far left of the, the apartment. Left. Okay. You go all the way on the far left. All okay. the way on the far left. And then uh, if that, like you'll see, if that's already great and you still don't feel like, gee, I don't have money still coming in. It's really about looking at your whole home because again, money is not alone on an island. Of your course. relationships affect your wealth. Your health affects your wealth. Your creativity, your uh, connectivity to other people, helpful people in your life. These are all areas of your house, your wisdom, how much you know, the skills you have, the legacy you're creating, your sense of your career and yourself and your mission and your purpose, your willingness to be seen. That's the whole map. So the map has fame on it. The map has career on it. The map has uh, a sense of creativity, legacy, helpful people, and also wisdom and love. And all of those things affect every aspect of your life. And so uh, the same thing when you said, if you're single and looking for love, yeah. what do you do? Uh, the far right of your home, the far left is money. The far right from the entrance door is traditionally love. And oh. again, same thing. If you look at love, love has a lot to do with yourself, with your, how prepared you are personally. Love has a lot to do with how you feel about your own empowerment, the kind of relationships you're going to have, your personal wisdom, 
uh, how you can communicate in a relationship, maintain a relationship. Love also has to do with all the people in your life, the influences you have, your sense of, again, being seen, being cherished. Like it's really the whole map. But if Mm -hmm. you look at the love area, you can ask yourself, I thought your tip was most brilliant, make space for love, make sure your whole home, but really that area as well, doesn't have all this clutter and all this lack of space. You need to have space in your life and space in your home for love to come in. Of course, for everything, you know, like we need to like get rid of this clutter in our lives to be able to have, again, like get rid of toxic people too. It's not only in your home, but like physically, literally get rid of the stuff that holds you on that, you know, to move forward in your life. Absolutely. And I say, you know, like, I mean, I'm not a feng shui master, but I say to my clients, I say that old picture of you and your ex-boyfriend, if you want love, get rid of it. It's not going to bring you the new one, you know, like you're going to always go and check or like those pair of jeans that you think you're going to fit, you know, the skinny jeans, get rid of them, buy new ones when you're going to lose the weight. It's like, it's bring a great, you know, like it doesn't bring any happiness to our lives. So let's go back to Feng Shui. So far left, far right, basically all the corners of the, of the apartment, we have to put lights. <laughs> I, I, you know, let's just say, just don't let it get dark. Yeah. Um, corners are really interesting because they collect dust, they collect energy. If you're doing something like, for instance, burning herbs, burning incense, uh, doing any kind of energy clearing, like we talked about, pay attention to the corners because everything tends to collect in them. It's bizarre to me how, I don't know how it works, that everything just winds up in the corners of a house, like all the dust, all the dust bunnies, it all winds up in the corners, the cobwebs. So you really want to pay attention to keeping that energetically clean and clear. All the corners of the house in feng shui are all big areas. So again, money and love, but also wisdom and helpful people. And you need helpful people in order to have money and you need wisdom in order to have love. And so we all think money and love are so important, but it's really those anchoring concepts that make it happen. You can meet the love of your life and have no communication skills, no emotional intelligence, no sense of yourself and what you're doing at the moment. And it'll be like really difficult for you to maintain that relationship. So- No, it's true. It's true. We're, we got two questions. One of them is, so basically the intention is what directs our energy towards the outcome we are seeking, correct? Yes, yes. always. Exactly. Always. And be clear about my intention. And then we have another question from Aline. If we are all going to sign on and do one thing after the show today, it is? If you're going to sign on and do one thing after the show today, I think the most powerful exercise you can do is to sit in every room of your house, literally take some time, like almost meditative time, like really sit in each room. And you might do this over the course of a few days uh, because you're going to sit for a bit and really take in the room, like try to do it when you're alone, when it's quiet, maybe early in the morning, late at night and ask yourself, observe the whole room and ask yourself how you feel and notice what stands out to you. And you might even want to do a little journaling about each room and how you feel. And again, you can do it over several days. If you have a couple of rooms to sit in, you don't want to spend hours doing this every day, but you will have a lot of things come up that you maybe didn't realize as you're running through your day or not paying as much attention, or we're in our heads a lot. And that will guide you to the first 
things to really work on. And they might be surprising to you. A lot of times when people do this, they realize I really need to get new curtains or I haven't, you know, steamed my carpet in five years or whatever it is. Like you'll see all these things that come up and also emotions that come up. So it might lead you to an energy clearing, again, doing one of those space clearings. It might lead you to do some shifts in how the furniture is, let go of some things. You might find things Natalie was talking about, like getting rid of uh, things from old relationships or things that are bad memories. You might not even see them actively, but if you let yourself feel each space, it's going to really change the dynamics and that's going to be your starting point. And it's going to give you lots of things without even knowing about feng shui in a big way to move on. That's going to make a big noticeable difference in your life. Of course. And I remember once you told me on our like pre- on our first talks, you were, if you feel okay, it means that you don't need feng shui, <laughs> you know, like you did something right. It's like, I think we have to really follow our feeling. And then if we don't feel at ease in a room or in a space, it means that it has to change. And basically what you're telling us is that we have to feel how to change it. There are like few, I guess, like ground rules, but around that, it's like the way we feel that we, there are no like written rules. Like it has to be red. It has to be white. It has to be on the left or on the right. There are all those written rules and other forms of feng shui. I just find that they don't apply to everyone yeah, and they don't really apply. They don't resonate with me. So I can't apply them to everyone because that would be out of my ethical being. Uh, And I also realize they don't apply to most people. A lot of times you can't paint your whole house. You can't redecorate. You can't go buy all new furniture. And why should you have to? I mean, it's wasteful. It's expensive. It's not possible a lot of the time. Why not work with what you have and really connect to it and elevate things and shift? Every single space can be optimized. No matter how great things are, there's always room to grow. But I always feel like working with my clients, again, it's a collaboration. It's not just about this must be this. It's this could be excellent. How do you feel about it? That's the difference. Yeah, no, it's true. And so we talked about candles, the soul, but do you, do you have any input about crystals? Do we need to have some crystals to clear the energy in our apartments? Or I if yes? love, I, I have so many crystals just sitting near me. I have tons of them everywhere. Um, I probably have like a hundred crystals in my house just because I like them. And I've always connected to them on different ways. You don't need crystals. You don't need um, a special candle. You don't need one specific thing. Crystals are really amazing. But if you have crystals, I suggest actually working with them. So a lot of times people will buy a crystal and say, this goes in this area. I read a book that said, I have to put this crystal in this part of my house by the front door, and then I'll have money or I'll have love or things will welcome in or whatever it is. Even like people who sell crystals for this purpose, the people who I admire the most, like they always say, you can't just place a crystal somewhere. You need to actually work with it. So hold it in your hand, get intentional about it, create a ritual around it, make sure they stay cleansed and clear, put them out in the full moon. The full moon is tomorrow. If you're listening to this live, Uh, get yourself really connected to these energetic tools that you're using, whether it's... um, whether you're using room spray, aromatherapy, putting plants places, using crystals, really get attached to it physically rather than mentally. 
Because again, you can read, if you find yourself researching everything and trying to come up with what it means and how it's going to affect you, then I feel like it's just like a shot in the dark. But if you're really coming from a place of how can I use this to make a difference? Like if I hold this in my hands while I'm meditating, if I hold this crystal, that really makes me feel strong. I'm going to use this crystal for my meditation in the morning, or I'm going to use this and put it on my third eye while I'm laying down and visualizing. And it helps me to tap in. I can feel that feeling. That's powerful, but I'm going to put this in the corner and I bought it because it's supposed to be money. Yeah. Nah. Okay. I got it. So, I mean, like we can talk for hours. You have like so many insightful tips, but we're about to finish the the show. So I want our listeners to know where they can find you and where they can find all those tips. Tell us. So many places. So I have YouTube, which is Dana Claudette, C-L-A-U-D-A-T. But right now at fengshuimagical.com, F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I-M-A-G-I-C-A-L.com. You can sign up for the free money video series. We talked a lot about money. That's going on right now. uh, And it will lead you through all the ways to clear, energize, and help you even more because you don't have a visual necessarily of where the love, where the money, you'll see the whole map of where everything is. Also, you can always follow me on Instagram, the Tao of Dana, T-H-E-T-A-O-O-F-D-A-N-A. And it's exactly the same on TikTok as well. And TikTok is full of tips, as Natalie said. Like, I love it. It's like, it's really cool, guys. You have to follow. I will put, I think on your website, you have all those social media links. So I can put everything on there and they can follow you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dana. It was so nice talking to you. I think I need to talk to you even more (laughs) after the show because I have some more questions. Listeners, thank you for being here. I see you all next Tuesday. Same time, same place. (laughs) And don't forget to show me some love on Apple Podcasts. And see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. Please join Natalie Botros for another show next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to this program again or any of our past episodes on demand and on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, keep saying yes and find your happiness.